0: Welcome to We Belong Here, lessons from unconventional paths to tech. I'm your host, Lauren Lee. And who am I? I was your wacky 10th grade English teacher who would occasionally rap a Shakespearean soliloquy, would always encourage a live performance of a book report, and would occasionally dress up in costume as Professor Dumbledore to host an ethics debate, who then, after nearly a decade, decided to take the massive leap of faith To attend a coding boot camp, switch careers, and dive deep into the tech industry. I've been surprised by how many of the skills and lessons I learned as an educator have translated to my role in tech. So that got me thinking, have you taken a non-traditional route to tech? Or are you interested in transitioning yourself? This is a podcast that aims to interview career changers and folks who are diversifying tech. We'll hear stories from people who've taken unique paths and chat about the skills that they've transferred to their roles today. We're hoping to create a space for people to learn from one another, develop confidence, and debunk the antiquated notion that a computer science degree is required to succeed in tech. Come on, everyone. Let's dive in. Today, I thought it would be interesting to chat with a more recent graduate of a boot camp and hear her perspective on the current technical job market. My guest is a developer apprentice at Alaska Airlines and helps to organize the Tech Ladies Group in Seattle. She is a self-proclaimed lifelong learner and lives life by the mantra, every day is a school day. Before learning to code, she was a park ranger in Arizona, California, and Alaska, she has her master's in environmental education and is passionate about finding a way to balance her love of the outdoors with technology. Her name is Kate Pond, and I am so excited to chat with her today about how she applies the lessons she learned as a park ranger to her role as an engineer today. Kate, thank you so much for being a guest.
1: Oh, I'm so happy that you had me come in to chat with you. you. Awesome.
0: A <laughs> okay, so let's start at the beginning. Can you tell me more about the experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry?
1: Absolutely. So when I was little, I always wanted to be a park ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the first junior ranger of Orange County, California. I was super into rocks and trees and wildlife and everything and my mom actually planned a trip to Alaska and when I got there I fell in love Mm. and so when I graduated high school the only school I applied to was the University of Alaska Fairbanks and I studied natural resources management and I had back in middle school actually done a paper on how to become a park ranger right you did your research yeah i absolutely did my research right so i learned german i took did the right classes i made sure that i was all lined up to be a park ranger german is
0: necessary in park ranger world
1: it's not so much that it's necessary but there are a lot of germans that come to national parks Ah, and there's a lot of like foreign foreign speaking oh, of course. people. So you want to be able to
0: speak the language of people that are visiting. I see. Right, oh, I love right. that. You're becoming very prepared for the role that you wanted. Right, absolutely. I love that about you. Yeah, very <laughs> <Thanks>. cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I had done all of these things, and I had done internships um, up in Alaska with Student Conservation Association. Cool. Um, I really love speaking with people Mm. and meeting new people Mm. so I became what they call an interpretive ranger. So I didn't do as much law enforcement or maintenance. I was basically giving the talks and doing all the research on a million things. I did it: moose, barnacles, humpback whales, native peoples of Alaska, cacti, I mean, if if it was in the natural environment in any way, if it was natural history or or history, then I probably did some kind of research on it.
0: Very interesting. Um, And then you were able to tell the story of it to the guests that came to the park.
1: Right. Absolutely. Uh, So I did uh, park rangering in Alaska at Katmai National Park. Have you ever seen the picture of the bear catching the salmon coming up the waterfall? That's Katmai. Oh my gosh, how
0: quintessential
1: Alaska. (laughs) Right, oh, absolutely. There were something like 60 bears that frequented the river um, every summer. And then I did a lot of environmental education work, which I kind of lump into that park ranging because sometimes people don't understand what it means to say Mm -hmm. environmental education. So I did that in Juneau, teaching fourth graders, fifth graders all about ecosystem, the food chain, and all of these other things. We had the decomposer song, you know, decomposers that break it all down.
0: (laughs) Talk about a captive audience, you probably know. That's a great, yeah.
1: It was fantastic. And then when I moved to Arizona, I actually started the Desert Botanical Garden. Mm -hmm. And there I got to teach some of the volunteers how to talk about cacti cool. and how to talk to the deck about the native peoples and what they would do with the native plants there. Awesome. So it was really cool. So I actually became really a supervisor, mm-hmm. in a supervisory park ranger yep. in the places that, that I lived, which was really interesting. But one of the challenges – of environmental education and park rangering is there is such a lack of positions. Mm. Okay, right? so There's, you hit your ceiling. And- right, so you, either, you hit your ceiling or you can't find a full-time position with benefits mm. for a really long time. I knew people that for a decade or more were doing seasonal work, so wow. six months in Alaska, six months in Florida, and going back and forth. And it got to the point where I just I couldn't do that anymore. I didn't want to, right? And um, I found myself in this crazy turn of events. I found myself without a job in Arizona. Okay. And my spouse at the time said, well, what do you like to do? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I really like researching. Yeah. Right? Like, obviously, like, I was all into the learning everything about everything. Diving really, really deep. Right. Diving really deep so that I could speak to people about the topics that they maybe didn't know. Okay. Right? So I love that. I was always the go-to when it came to new technology. Mm. I love playing with InDesign and playing with just any new technology that came our way. Yeah. I think my voice is probably still on the audio tour at the Hall Glacier in Juneau, <laughs> right? Because I was like, audio tour? We should absolutely do that. That's yeah. new technology. Yeah, I use use myself that. Right, yeah. you know, and awesome. people can come up and they can be on their phone and listen to me talk or somebody else talk about the glacier. It'll be great. So I was always this go-to. Okay, so listeners, if you're ever in Juneau, go check it out. Yeah, exactly. If you ever make your way up to the Menatog Glacier in Juneau, Alaska, yeah. uh, you may hear this same voice <laughs> on an audio it. tour. It. Okay. Um, so it was this, you know, research and go to, and I love like solving those really high level problems, like mm-hmm. seeing that there's a gap somewhere mm-hmm. and wanting to fill that gap.
0: Okay.
1: Right. Yeah. And so my spouse said to me, "Hmm, I see not. She's a mathematician, electrical engineer. She dabbles in some development. Okay. Right. And she said, you sound like you should be a coder. Oh,
0: so she was able to identify for you. like You are listing out attributes of a role that might be this, of, of right. coding or programming, and so helps you find that path.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I went, oh, well, I never... I've never really thought of that right, as an right. option. I think
0: that's a really common story. I had no idea that it even existed as an option for me. And so it takes someone else to see those things and add
1: them all up together and say, aha, uh-huh, right. what about this? Have you considered? Have you considered? Yeah. Trying trying this thing." So I was like, well, yes. I, I guess. Okay. And I ended up jumping on code.org. <gasps> I love code.org. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I think yes. they're fantastic. And they have really consumable material yes they do right it's like you get to be a fun kid again Mm -hmm. and just play with their little art things they make or little games to make a little robot move or whatever the case is so I jumped onto there fell in love and I just went down the rabbit hole I mean from there it was like okay free code camp and code academy and you found all the resources oh god well yeah I love researching yeah Right, yeah. so I found all the resources I that I could cool. to help me do something, and uh, it was actually a day I was visiting a friend of mine at the Desert Botanical Garden. She is a GIS there, mapping all the cacti in the garden. Oh, right? right! And I was talking to her about this new love for technology mm-hmm. and coding yeah. and things, and she said, "You ever heard of meetups?" Mm-hmm. And at that point, I had it, yeah. so I was like, "What is this meetup thing?" Yeah,
0: I think I thought it was a dating thing. <laughs> I think, yeah, I I, ha- I remember having a similar conversations with someone, but okay, right, all right so, yeah. so you said no, and I,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I was like, I, I have no. Way. Explain to me Tell what me this more. meetup thing <laughs> yeah. is, right? Tell me more. And uh, I had no idea that there were so many meetups for technology. Yeah, a way to find community. Yeah, a a way to find community, right? Mm -hmm. And so I started going to all the meetups. I mean, everything. I would go to, God, the Java meetup. I went to the blockchain meetup. I went to 3D printing meetup. Just to
0: find out more about what you didn't know or to find a specific community? Or what were you hoping when you were showing up to these meetups to gain?
1: I think that I really wanted to not only find community, but I wanted to find out what I didn't know. And what you were interested in. And what I was too. interested sure. in. Sure. yeah, Because
0: it, tech as an umbrella of industry is a massive space. Oh and so God. there's so many different places to find expertise. And you don't actually necessarily, I would say, even need to know which one you want to dive into when you enter it. But yeah, I think it's a fun opportunity to discover all the things that you don't know. Sure. Absolutely.
1: That's I think it's really hard when people who are starting say where should I start it's like oh my god Like there's so much out there. I remember. I don't know where to tell you to start. Absolutely,
0: I remember feeling even overwhelmed when people asked me if I wanted to be front end or back end at the very beginning. (laughs) Right. Well, how am I supposed to know that yet? And so I really did appreciate OneSpace spaces a lot for me to discover that on my own and to try everything and then make up the answer my on my own with time.
1: Right. With time. Well, that's exactly it. So I would just take a notebook, go to these meetups, and write down all the terms that I didn't understand. Love it. All Mm -hmm. of them. Right, because i I was too scared to ask questions, obviously, she sure, so <laughs> right? it up
0: at home, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: so so write down everything and look at it at home and and as I progressed, I realized that it was so important to know the vocabulary, to mm-hmm. research, oh yeah, right, and I the Google terms, yeah, yeah, absolutely. your Google terms. I remember early ish on maybe a year and a half into really getting into this, uh, I had someone ask me to build a form for them so that they could get more people onto their mailing list. Mm -hmm. And they wanted me to build an HTML CSS form. They didn't want me to go through MailChimp. They didn't want me to do WordPress. They were like, just build an HTML form. Mm -hmm. Oh, Okay. So um, I was like, I know the word form, but I was like, what is that? grayed out text Mm -hmm. that's in the search box that tells you what to put there. Yeah, the prompt, sure.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I could not for the life of me realize I the language of, what, the language of yeah. what it was and how that's I was going to really research this. Oh my gosh. Sure. And so
0: needing to know how to even write the sentence in your mind to understand what you were
1: searching for. Interesting. Right. So yeah. it took a long time before someone went, oh, that's placeholder text. Yeah, sure. I'm like, of course it's placeholder text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And, and once I was able to research it, then yeah. it was no big deal. I could make this form. I mean- the form in itself was a bit of a doozy. Oh my gosh, we've all been
0: there. Oh my, Yes, uh, I hear you on that. I I think that that is really neat, though, that you were able to just say yes and say someone gives you a task or a problem, you say, I don't quite know how to solve that question yet. But I'm going to say yes, I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to learn through that. And so seeing that as an opportunity to flex your skills and to grow uh, is really neat.
1: Well, I think it's really important, right? I know that both of us know this: that you have to really get comfortable with not finding the answer the first time, or the fiftieth, or the fiftieth, <laughs> or the hundredth. Yeah. Right? You That's, have to yeah. really like find a way to get over. And I don't like to call it failures, but mm-hmm. but to get over breaking things. Sure, sure. Like and I the think code not behaving the way you expected. <laughs> right. Too. I think a lot of us, not just women, people just in general in development. Are sometimes scared to break things. Absolutely, right. Yeah. So if you can get over that fear of breaking mm-hmm. things, or if you can break a whole lot of things, mm-hmm. so that you are like, I know what it feels like to break things. Yeah, like I think that makes your life a lot easier. I mean, I mean, still to this day, I don't like breaking things. But it freaks me out. And like when you push to production, right? Yeah. It's like, oh my
0: god, it's gonna work. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's a great segue. Can you tell me more about what you do today at Alaska Airlines?
1: Yeah, so at Alaska Airlines, uh, as a developer apprentice, I was put on the team that does mileage plan. Oh. So basically, if you fly, I make sure that you get your points. Great. Which is really great. Very important. Um, very important. We also handle some of the uh, reporting that goes to like accounting and things. And it's something very different than my previous internship and my previous job. Because after I had done all those meetups, I got an internship with a company in Arizona okay. doing HTML email.
0: Neat.
1: Yeah, which was way different. Like going back to 95, you know, like to the two early 2000s, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, like basic HTML, CSS, right. Gosh. And I did that for a while before I came into Ada, and then my first Ada internship was at Nordstrom yeah. on their iOS team, so I was doing a lot of front-end work, yeah. and the stuff that I'm doing at Alaska Airlines now is a lot of back-end, I would say back-end with the, with a whole lot of DevOps. Oh, cool. All right. Fun. Yeah. So when I talk about dev operations, I'm talking about like Azure, mm-hmm. making Azure functions, mm-hmm. making sure that they have – and I haven't worked out what this is yet, something I need to research, ARM templates. <laughs> People hate ARM templates for some reason. <laughs> uh,
0: it's on your to-do list for this It's on my to-do so yeah. Learn more.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's really interesting because I think that each industry – has a different back end, so to speak, or different software that they use. So in the flight industry, Mm -hmm. there's actually software that compiles a database of everybody that's flown, how far they flew, what their mileage plan Mm -hmm. numbers are, everything, and then that gets sent through the pipeline up to where you are, and every airlines has it. Cool, right? So it's really fascinating to see, like the integrations mm-hmm. of things. Yeah, I think I think that's one really thing, cool thing about technology mm-hmm. is that no matter what you've studied, you can integrate it into technology yeah
0: no and I think that that's a really important thing to remember when you're feeling down you're coming at it from a different perspective or in different route and feeling as so you don't you're not bringing anything to the table because you don't have a computer science degree or something like that tell me more about how uh being a park ranger are those skills that you learned in that time how does that apply to today
1: yeah so as a park ranger there's a lot of communication skills yeah sounds like it yeah, yeah. So I learned a lot about how to talk to people and talk with people and come up with solutions for problems, Mm -hmm. and I think that really helped with working with the team. Yeah. Right. And Alaska Airlines is a lot of pair programming or mob programming.
0: How neat. Very yeah. cool. So
1: it's a lot of communication. It's
0: a great point because you're never truly coding in a vacuum. You're always either connecting to a code base or something or working on a team, etc. And so it's a probably an incredibly helpful skill to bring to the
1: table. Absolutely. And, you know, as a park ranger, you had to be really organized, and you had to have backup plans. Mm-hmm. So in organizing, wow. I'm speaking of making my talks and making sure that whoever is speaking to understood the progression of those talks. In having backup plans, I'm thinking, gosh, if the projector goes down or if I'm not able to get to a space. Or even in the fact that as an interpretive ranger, as someone who talked to people, my backup duty was if there's someone in trouble... Yeah. All hands on deck. An emergency, Right. Yeah. So I knew first aid. Yeah. I knew how to make sure there wasn't people bear interactions. Yeah. Right. Like I knew all of those things as a, as a side thing. And I think that's really helped in software development right? because you think of all the things that could break. Mm-hmm. Right. And you think of all your backup plans that you need to have just in case you're not able to get the tool. That you'd like to use. I see. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So not just a plan B, but plan X, Y, Z. Yeah, getting right. that far. Very interesting. Right. Yeah. I think
1: that really helps as far as connecting those two things. Um, when I first moved here to Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, I thought, what a great place To meld nature and technology.
0: Yeah, we're a city that's doing that intensely, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And I love my position at Alaska Airlines. And I really like the people that I work with. But when I first moved to Seattle, I found out that geocaching (laughs) headquarters is in (laughs) Fremont. I was like, I am getting in there. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. Because geocaching is a really cool way to build a community well out in your environment, out in parks and out. For those that are
0: not familiar with the geocaching, can you give a brief synopsis of that?
1: Yeah. So geocaching uh, started a God, I think it started when GPS first came out, okay. when you had like these handheld yeah. big blocks of things that people go camping out in the wilderness and they'd use, instead of a compass, they'd use the old GPS to unit yeah. to plot where they were going or where they had been. And there were these people who had decided that just in case someone was out camping and got lost, or had traveled too far, there would be a box full of emergency supplies that they could find. So a real-life Easter egg from a video real game. Real-life <laughs> Easter egg. Yeah, in a way, right? So it started back then kind of as an emergency plan, but since then, it's become this very much this Easter egg-type thing where you can find, like, boxes of little items. It's it's like a uh, take one, give one type situation. Some are really, really tiny and they just have a log in them and you just sign a little log so that oh. you're with the community. I've seen some that are in the shape of like little beetles <laughs> <laughs> and then on the back side they're
0: magnetic. Hiding dude. in plain sight. I yeah, I totally okay, had heard of it and so I'd been and I knew it was really big in Seattle but I've never been so I would love if you took me one. Time. Oh that
1: yes, we'll fun. go do caching. Really cool. Absolutely. Sure, I think yeah. there's a couple down there's quite a few actually downtown. So oh, we can always so do downtown fun. or we can find a park to go cool. find Cool. Very for sure. So, yeah, like that is very much that relation of being outdoors mm-hmm. and part of community. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that would be a perfect place to work. So I've been like slowly icky my way in there Heck trying yeah. to find her. LinkedIn is terrific. <laughs>
0: That's actually an interesting plug, though, I would say uh, for listeners who are interested and in when they identify a company that they see as, well, wow, this could be the perfect balance of my past with my present. And searching LinkedIn is a great way to find people or people that you might have a connection through a friend or something. And so go ahead and speak on
1: that. Oh, <laughs> Tell yeah. me more. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure you've used it for the same oh, yeah, thing yeah. I have, oh, I where, where you basically go to the company site and then it says employees. So you click the little employee button. Mm-hmm button, and then it tells you your first, your second, your third connections, and sometimes I don't have first connections at that place, but I'll say, oh... Lauren knows Mm -hmm. someone over here that used to work there or works there. Mm -hmm. I wonder how well Lauren knows that person if they'd be willing to introduce me to them. And usually that works out pretty well. There are some times when they're like, oh, I added that person on LinkedIn like 12 years ago. (laughs) I've never talked to them. Yeah, (laughs) You're like, okay,
0: But it's a good starting place. Oh, it's a great
1: starting place. And I've actually interviewed someone on the iOS team. Geo caching. Oh, very cool! And so I've got to see the inside of their building and got to chat with them about what they do and if things fall through with Alaska, which. I really, really hope they do not, um, <laughs> then I can at least reach out to those people that I met. At right.
0: Cache. So much of it, in, like any industry, it's about who you know, right? And networking and making connections. And so good on you. You're very good at that, I've
1: noticed. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think people see me at meetups and they're like, mm, are you all do you, what, why? Are you? Do you work for a meetup? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. My supervisor at Alaska Airlines, uh, he saw me at a meetup recently and he said, do you go to a meetup every night? <laughs> and I was like, not every night. Uh, just the nights when there are some, which, which is maybe. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think Monday nights happen to be the only night that Things don't happen. All. Yeah. It says something about your character, though, that you're just so
0: curious and you really do see every opportunity. You find every opportunity you can to learn something new and to expand your brain. And I think you're in an incredible opportunity industry, right? There's something new every single day that you could learn more about. Oh, yeah.
1: Every single day. That's so cool. Right. I think the challenge comes with sorting all that information. Great point. Right, because there's so much information. I was actually laying in bed the other night, going, "Why do I have so much happening in my head?" Mm. <laughs> right, like there's so right. much information. Um, I think at some point you do get an overload. Definitely, though, you know, and, and uh, once you've found that thing that you really love, like if you can hone in on it, do it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, I think for me. Uh, One of the things that I've really honed in on is women and diversity in tech. As the tech ladies city organizer, I really want to make sure that that women and people of diverse backgrounds are in jobs that are going to be good to them, you know, in environments that are going to be beneficial to them, not only starting there, but staying in those roles Mm -hmm. and being promoted through those roles. Yeah, very cool. I think that's really important. Hell
0: yeah. Yeah. It's very important. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. Uh, So what type of things does Tech
1: Ladies, what do they do? So Tech Ladies um, was a company that started in New York. Mm -hmm. And the person who founded it wanted to make sure that there were companies where women felt comfortable. comfortable. Right. And then she realized that there was a community around that. People that also wanted that. Yeah. Right. Who wanted uh, not only environments that, they could thrive in, but how do they get into those environments? How do they survive in those environments? So a lot of what Tech Ladies does, they have a lot of webinars on various subjects, everything from financial support through, you know, mind and body, making sure that you aren't burning yourself out. Yeah. So creating
0: um, resources. Yeah. Creating
1: resources. Um yeah. A lot of the events that I've held so far have been networking. So I've done networking bingo. I actually had another Ada Developer Academy graduate uh, speak on React.js cool. and how Textio went from vanilla JS to React, yeah, yeah. which was really cool.
0: Awesome. So I, I love that you're blending again your, your skills in networking and your love for events with now your role in tech you're you're demonstrating this once again this ability to find uh, and to create the role that you want it's really cool yeah yeah
1: it's very exciting um, it was funny because when I first met with the people from Alaska Airlines yeah. and I told them that I you know was really interested in doing more like developer evangelism yeah. and Developer community building, they got really excited. So I was like, "Yes!" Oh,
0: no, <laughs> in you the have future, a company that wants that, yeah, yeah who wants what you want, and gets excited about that. Right, That's, feels really good. It so feels biotic. so
1: great. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited that in the future, as I progress with Alaska Airlines. Uh, Hopefully I'll be giving talks at different conferences and getting even more out into the community than I already am. So so
0: yeah, it is
1: very exciting. Very cool.
0: Okay. So Kate, can you tell me about a time that you felt like an outsider and how you've dealt with those feelings?
1: Absolutely. I think some of the hardest times were when I moved to Seattle and I didn't get to bring my spouse with me. Mm. And I was here to go to Ada Developers Academy and I knew it was gonna be a hard program and there was gonna be a lot of intense learning and intense feelings and emotions, but I didn't realize that I would drop into a depression because mm-hmm. of it. Oh my gosh. There were days I didn't didn't want to exist. I wanted to become a dog because dogs had so much a better life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And and I just fell into this crazy depression, depression I had never experienced. And there were a lot of outside things that were happening as well in my life that affected my depression. Um, but I felt I felt really alone. I felt really isolated. And I didn't feel like I was learning as much as some of my colleagues were.
0: You were comparing yourself to that. Yeah, sure. Right, sure.
1: absolutely. And I think that one of the things that helped me really get that was reaching out to some of my friends and kind of saying hey I don't feel good um, I know that's really hard to do and I'm you know some days I'm surprised I did it the other things I did were things like surround myself with things that I thought might make me happy mm-hmm. right I have uh, a clipboard wall that I put mantras on mm-hmm. and it's got flowers and it's you know I had a friend who sent me a plastic mousse through the mail from Alaska, <laughs> right? Like yeah. things that I thought would make me that happy. They bring me joy. They bring me sure. joy. And then of course I found a therapist, mm-hmm. right? And I'll re- retweet. <laughs> I love my therapist. <laughs> right. Oh my right. Like it's so important to realize that you can get help and that therapy can really help if you, if you're willing to let it mm-hmm. and you, you want to succeed, and and I think that was in me. I was like, I really want to succeed in yeah. in this, and I and I know I need to overcome this feeling of isolation. That is
0: so hard to do right. in that moment, though.
1: Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, it's super hard to do at that moment. But there's some great resources in Seattle and online. I mean, um, I had a lot of people point me towards Psychology Today. They have some great therapists there. They do, yeah. Here in Seattle, I started to go to Wellsprings. I go to MEND right now, which is a therapy for women focused on social justice,
0: cool.
1: which is a really great oh, place. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. So I that's found important. Therapy. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. found therapy, and I think that that really helped. The finding therapy, any through it, and I know that I'm still recovering. I still have my days, mm-hmm. ups and downs, but I think... That really taking care of myself and knowing that I was going to come out of it one day, I think really helped. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thing here with the, that we do at Ada where we have a board of take one or leave one. And they're like these words of encouragement or things that might help you feel better about your day. And I think that's great because then other 80s could see how I was feeling and bring me one that said, relax, you know, it's okay to take a break or, you know, you're doing great. That's a great idea for
0: companies to employ as well to just have a space for and to demonstrate to their employees too, that it's, we're all humans. And it's okay to uh, have not a great day and that we are all in this together too. And so that's a great, I, I remember seeing that and feeling very heard and seen by by uh, the admin putting that up and saying, yeah, this is going to be rough and we're going to get through it together and uh, we're here to support you. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, I, and that was all the stuff I needed to hear mm. right at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't need necessarily advice. Yep. I just needed to feel like I was heard. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kate, as we wrap up, go ahead and make your shout out. And if there's anything that you want listeners to go check out or resources that you have, this is your moment to share it.
1: Yeah. So there's a number of them. I know that Lauren, you'll be posting about tech ladies and some of the other meetup groups that I've mentioned. Definitely. Uh, We'll
0: put them in the show notes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, But some of the things that I really enjoy when we talk about like mental health, uh, there's a book there's a very small book, and I think she's also on Instagram and Twitter. It's this artist called The Latest Kate. I'm really into her right now and it's a lot of those same quotes like it's okay if you need to cry like you're doing great like do it Yeah, right or yeah yeah, they're very uplifting and and I really like that and then I haven't read her book yet but I'm really keen to there's a speaker who just came to Seattle recently Uh, she just put out a book called Creative Trespassing Oh, and Creative Trespassing is all about using your creative side to make the job that you have, something that you love. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which is really cool. And she's an amazing speaker, so I'm sure she's an amazing writer. Great recommendation. So, Very yeah, cool. Yeah. Those are the two books off the top of my head that I could recommend. Cool. Great. Well, thank you.
0: And Kate, where can people find you
1: online? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter at OK Pond. That's O as in O-H. K Pond. I always tell people I say they're Pond or Oh. I don't know. I'm kind of a nerd.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for chatting with me today. I really, really loved hearing everything you had to say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to seeing you again, (laughs) Lauren.
0: And that's a wrap on another episode of We Belong Here, lessons from unconventional paths to tech. Be sure to rate and subscribe anywhere you can find podcasts and check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path attack.